Welcome back to another episode of Mastermind Discussions. I'm your host, Matthew LaCroix. And today on episode number seven, I'm joined by Chris Matthew, host of Forbidden Knowledge News, to discuss the mysteries of our reality, ancient gods of history, and lost civilizations. Chris, how are you today? Matthew, thank you so much for inviting me. Honored to be here, and I'm looking forward to having a great discussion with you today. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Chris, for people who aren't really familiar with your background or how you got to start hosting your own podcast and all these shows, give us uh, just a little, little background on how you got started on this path and what led you to some of the conclusions you have today. Okay, well... Ever since I was really young, I've always been interested in UFOs and paranormal. Um, I've always had a feeling that there was something off about the way society was run. I, it never felt natural to me. Uh, the whole educational system, um, the way governments run things, uh, it, it never seemed right to me. But I didn't look into it. I just went in, you know, kept going with life, uh, got uh, my normal jobs and kind of forgot all that. Just put all that uh, behind until it was about, well, 2012, actually. Um, it was around that time that I just started to um, get fed up with everything. And I wanted to start looking into the things that were bothering me. Uh, it started with, you know, one of the things, of course, 9-11. Uh, then they had Planet X was a big one for me. Um, and then it led to all these other rabbit holes that just confirmed my feelings uh, ever since I was a kid. And I just couldn't stop researching. I couldn't stop soaking it up. And I, need, I wanted other people to know about it. It got me excited what I was learning. Um, so I, you know, at first you start with your friends and family and I'm sure you know how that goes. Usually you, you're a tinfoil hat wearing weirdo. Um, most of my friends, um, around the area I live, um, they never understood. Uh, so I just stopped talking to it about them, uh, about this stuff and I needed to, an outlet for it. So I just decided to start a Facebook page and just start, you know, posting some of the things I was learning. Uh, I started meeting some awesome people, some amazing researchers like yourself. Thank you um, And the Facebook page took off. Uh, people actually, you know, started being interested in some of the things that I was learning and saying, and uh, they wanted to share the information. So I thought, you know, let, let's take this a little bit further. And I, I started a YouTube channel. Uh, within a few months, it was, it was over a couple of thousand subscribers. Uh, it grew very fast, and, and, and I just met some amazing people that I wanted to invite on and talk with. I wanted to learn more and share it with the world. So I got in touch with all my favorite researchers, and I invited them. And if they were amazingly nice enough to come on my show, most of them just wanted to come and share information on my show. And I was so grateful for that for these people. Um, so I, that's what I started doing and it took off very fast. But unfortunately with what's happened with YouTube in the past couple of years with censorship, they have shadow banned my channel. Um, you know, it does, it has no more real growth. It still grows, but it's only because I do advertising. So there's no natural growth to it anymore. Um, I have, uh, you know, over 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. My podcast probably has about 20 or 30,000 listeners uh, that uh, have uh, j just uh, begun listening to my podcast. Uh, I started the podcast last year. 
The YouTube channel has been about uh, almost three years now. So it's growing. Um, the podcast, I believe, will grow faster than YouTube because of the censorship, unless they start censoring those. So uh, yeah, check that out. It's Forbidden Knowledge News on YouTube and, um, and any podcast platform you could find. And that's where I am now. And it's been an amazing ride. I've learned things so much. And what I can say is the more I learn, the, the less I really know and the more I want to know. Well, it's great to have you back, Chris. For those who don't know, Chris and I have done many shows in the past. He first invited me a yes. couple of years ago. And ever since the very first show I did with him, people loved our discussions. They're some of the more popular shows on my channel. But I also wanted to just say that I love your content and you know, don't feel um, bad about what's going on with YouTube, YouTube in terms of your own contributions. The exact same thing with shadow banning is happening to my channel. Oh, I, oh, I realize that everyone's um, experiencing it. It's any, anyone that talks about it. You don't even have to be a necessarily a conspiracy person. If you right. just even talk about megalithic disasters and lost civilizations, you, you're, you get thrown in the, in the same, basically the same playing field as, as which means that, your content isn't going to be shown nearly as much on home pages on YouTube and recommended videos. You'll be buried under all these different, um, in in some cases, sort of silly choices that are put up ahead of you. In right. my in my opinion, looking at some of the terms that we use, but it's great to have you back. Yes, and one more thing I'd like to say about my show is um, it it doesn't just cover one topic. It covers almost everything that you can imagine that the mainstream uh, populace of the world doesn't mention. Yeah, you're basically um, like their number one anti-choice uh, there because you, <laughs> you cover, you know, cataclysms going on right now with the truth of chemtrails all the way to ancient civilizations to, um, you know, whether or not Government ghosts corruption, or paranormal activity. Paranormal. Uh, yeah, I, I try to cover as much stuff as I can and bring together as many topics. You know, I don't consider my an expert, myself an expert in any particular field, but I have information from many fields that I love to bring to people. Yeah, so you've thank dabbled you again in for a lot joining. of places, right? What's that? You've dabbled in a lot of different types of topics. Oh, yes. yes, many topics. And, yes. and that's unusual because a lot of research will just focus on one, researchers will focus on one area, but you seem to have a, a wide net where you really like to look at a lot of aspects of our reality and in, in ancient history and just bring up all the questions that arise from each one. And yes. speaking of that, I want to I wanna bring up and I wanted to have you talk about briefly before I d discuss my own contribution towards it, but sure. I want to just announce to everybody that if you haven't seen yet, um, Chris is going to be hosting his own conference at the end of uh, May this month called Forbidden Knowledge News Con. And we're going to have, it'll be 13 different speakers and I'll be presenting uh, two shows, a solo show um, where, where I'm going to, and I'll talk about what that'll be after Chris goes over this, what the show's all about. And then I'll be doing a dual show with Billy Carson. Uh, but give a little bit of um, description of this news con before I go into a little bit about some of those exciting topics that people can look forward to for those shows. Well, Forbidden Knowledge NewsCon I was inspired to do because I was invited to cover the Laughlin UFO conference and do all their promotion for the recent one they had uh, earlier this year. Um, my experience there blew me away, um, and the work that, that I was doing, I felt like um, I wanted to do more of it, and I had this idea to put on my own conference and bring all my friends and my fellow researchers together 
And since this, and, and right when I thought of this, this pandemic thing was broken out and there, there was no place that we would be able to have a conference. And I was like, we're going to do it online. It just, you know, that's the only way to do it right now. And um, I think it's an innovative idea. Uh, people that want to attend, you can sit at home in your underwear and watch an amazing presentation from some of the most brilliant researchers, scientists, experiencers uh, in that are on the planet right now. Um, it's going to be an amazing event. Like I said, it's online. It's going to be interactive. They're going to be 14 presenters. Um, let me pull up okay. my presenter list here and I'm going to go ahead and read who will be there. Now, um, we are going to have, of course, Matthew LaCroix, and we're going to have Billy Carson, uh, two of the most fantastic uh, ancient history and consciousness researchers that I know. Thank you. Uh, we will also have Johnny Enoch, who is an amazing occult and ancient history researcher. There will be Charlie Robinson, the author of The Octopus of Global Control. He will be uh, exposing a little bit of government corruption and um, the things that go on behind the scenes. Plenty of that. Uh, we right? have Brad Olson, who is a world traveler and a researcher in uh, quite a few esoteric fields. Uh, we have J.P. Haig, who is an experiencer from the island of Mauritius, uh, who has had some fascinating experiences with UFOs and, and contact with extraterrestrials. Uh, we have Doug Valentine. He is an amazing researcher. He's going to be exposing the CIA in the deep state. We have Barry Littleton, another amazing experiencer and contactee. He is speaking out on the behalf of the African-American community when it comes to experiences with UFOs. He's trying to encourage more to talk about their experiences because they are happening. Uh, we have Deep Prasad, who is a, he is a, a physicist. He is a uh, quantum physicist and the CEO of a quantum computing company that is paving the way for the future of our quantum computers. And he is also a UFO researcher. He, con he connects UFOs with quantum physics. It is fascinating. We also have James Keenan. He, he researches the Utah Basin, uh, the ancient history of the Utah Basin and the paranormal activity at Skinwalker Ranch. Then we have Dean McMurray. He's a wonderful psychic medium. He helps people heal. He uh, can predict future events. He, he, he speaks with the spirits, and he helps heal people. He, he will all be having a live psychic reading at the conference. Uh, we have my partner at the conference who is helping me put this whole thing together, Corey Hughes. He's the most amazing JFK assassination researcher I know. He has brought information forward that I believe is groundbreaking, and he will be presenting that at the conference, uh, information that I don't believe anyone has heard unless you've listened to my interview with him on my show. Fascinating information, very important information as well. Then we have Laura Eisenhower. She is the granddaughter of Dwight D. Eisenhower. She is a experiencer. She knows so much about consciousness, 
about the universe, about how everything connects. She will be speaking there. I have Karen Holton. She is a wellness coach and healer and contactee. She's going to be teaching, uh, talking about her contact experiences, and she's going to be talking about self-healing techniques. Um, and then that is it. That are all the speakers. Like I said, it's going to be a great event and it is only $69.99 for four day conference attendance. Uh, you're going to have 14 of the most amazing presenters and they're going to be presenting information that they've never presented anywhere before. When you get to sit there at your home and watch it. There's going to be live chat for questions afterwards, and we will be having copies of the videos for sale, so you can take them home and watch them anytime you want. Uh, you really don't want to miss this event. It's going to be the best conference of 2020, and thank you, Matt, for letting me tell everybody about that. Hey, you're more than welcome. I just want to briefly mention about my part in this and, of course, and yes. what I'll be doing with Billy. So for the show, uh, show two with Billy Carson, uh, I created a brand new presentation with a lot of really cool images talking about the mysteries of our solar system. We're going to talk about Mars. We're going to talk about whether or not we have a binary star, um, planet, you know, planet nine, planet X. We're going to discuss all, all these mysteries of our solar system, our backyard. And then the solo presentation I'll be giving. Oh, and I just want to mention at the end of that presentation, Billy Carson and I blocked up a good chunk for questions. So if people want to have that that period of asking both of us the you know the mysteries of your mind and what you're what you're curious about um that's that's the time to ask both of us we'll be in the in there um really have a good chunk of time for that and then for the first show the solo show that i'll be doing i created a really neat powerpoint where um together with something that i've been working on for weeks and if not months and that is creating an actual timeline for ancient history. Now, a lot of people have come to me over the last couple of years asking me for this, saying, you know, I know you, I heard on this show about this tablet and when it falls in place before the flood and after the flood, but it's really difficult for me to place all these different events. Can you create a timeline? And I heard that over and over and over again, and it was a, it was a big undertaking to do that. And I was busy at the time with the release of The Stage of Time, my latest book. But I had, I had some more time, and so I created a, a time a 200,000-year timeline where I want this to be a reference image for people to have. And I'll be providing that um, online after the show as well. But basically, I have a timeline where it shows where some of the most important events took place. You know, when were the pyramids of Kemet built, Egypt? When was Atlantis around? When was it destroyed? When, when does Gilgamesh fall into history? You know, when does the King Atana fall in? When was, when did the Sumerian kingless cities, um, when did they, when were they, when were they around? And so I have this, I created a, a comprehensive timeline with little graphic images and dates so that people can try to have a way to keep all this organized. Cause I know it can be really confusing being, you know, looking at our Rockefeller teaching guide that we, that we were given in school where Okay, so everything is only every human civilization is only six thousand years old, and everything fits into this tiny little area. Whereas, the timeline that I'm going to be presenting is based on all of the evidence from everything I've studied over the last year, several years, putting it into a way where we can we can say, okay, well, was there more than one period where the the Mesopotamians existed? You know, was there a pre-Diluvian Mesopotamian civilization? What about the Indus Valley civilizations? When were those created? And so. 
I hope that this timeline is something that people are excited about. Um, it's, I'll be presenting it live for the first time at this conference as part of this presentation. And then it'll be something that I'm hoping people can use going forward. But Chris, it's great to sit down with you again and have another discussion. Um, going off of what I was just saying, let's, I wanted to get your thoughts a little bit about this current time period we're in. You know, is everything the way that we're told, as in, do we just have these very linear model of govern, governments and presidents ruling over each country and everything is kumbaya and just like we're told? And, you know, is, or is there something totally different outside of this mainstream view that we've been taught where there are these elite kingship bloodlines that seem to still be ruling over our world? in these privately owned cities like like the Vatican Vatican City and Washington DC and and London you know what is going on with this controlled reality we exist in today well the answer to that you know i can never say that i have an answer to that but i can say that i have a belief in something that uh that i've not only researched by myself but i've learned from people like yourself and others and um what i do is i just i guess gather as much information as i can and i use my intuition and i can form um a sort of belief uh, but i also think that ultimate belief in something can sometimes be dangerous because you could learn something the next day that'll just shatter your paradigm now that being said what's happening now i believe um I believe it's another attempt that has been, that has occurred throughout human history to steer humanity in a desired direction by this ruling class. Now, this ruling class that we're talking about has been in control for all of our lives and and centuries before. Um, I believe that this this system was created to to keep us in a way enslaved. Um, I believe that the rulers we have right now, the, the, the figureheads such as presidents and senators and these world leaders that, that, that come on TV and tell you how things are, um, I believe 100% that they are just figureheads and puppets. I do not believe that um, many countries uh, have a ruler that is in the open uh, where everyone can see. Uh, now, that being said, I believe that there are very powerful forces on this planet that pull the strings. Not only that, there's multiple. I believe that there are, are multiple factions that don't necessarily get along, but I believe they work together on certain issues. And they can come together and make decisions for the planet. And I believe that there is a group of elite people that get together and make decisions on which direction this, they want this plan to go. And this is the same bloodlines that have been around for centuries, for since the time that we were tinkered with and we were modified to be the modern human that you see now. And I believe what's happening right now is there are multiple agendas. Um, and like I said, this is only my opinion and this is my belief as of now based on the information that I've gathered. Um, I believe that this is an attempt to... ...a little bit. I, I believe these elite rulers 
um, believe that we are a little bit too overpopulated. I think that they believe we are starting to get a little big for our bridges and we're starting to come into our own power a little bit and it terrifies them. Uh, I believe the world started awakening a few years ago. The, the world has re is starting to reach a level of consciousness that is terrifying the, this ruling class because they, they knew it would happen eventually. It's a cycle. I believe that this awakening is a cycle that comes and goes however many thousands of years. But we're on the upswing. Uh, humans are starting to remember who they really are uh, and the power that they really have because uh, one of these ancient bloodline rulers gave us this and they wanted us to succeed and the other one didn't agree. I we're gonna get into that soon. But uh, as far as us awakening, uh, they're terrified and they're, they're gonna do everything they can to steer us in a different direction, in a direction that, um, that I don't believe they want, um, that, that we shouldn't be headed to. A more technologically driven, uh, unnatural, uh, transhuman controlled um, sort of timeline. And I also believe that the only ones that can stop it is us. And right now, we do need to come together because there is a lot of division uh, amongst the whole planet right now. With everything that's happening, we know what's going on. Um, it, it's caused division. It's caused people to not agree with each other. But at the same time, we have the, the ones that are, that are awakening and seeing through everything. And it, it may cause uh, it may cause a lot of disruption in the next few years. But I also believe we need this disruption to grow. I think that uh, it will be um, a very uh, rough few years to come. Uh, but I, I believe this planet needs to go through that uh, to kind of cleanse for this awakening. And I think in our lifetime, we could see a new earth. We could see a, a, better, a better planet, but we have to work together. And I think we have to embrace the, the awakening that everyone is experiencing right now. That's the only way we can take down this ruling class that, is, uh, that is, has always been in control. And I think now's the time. Wow, Chris, that was um, basically like a terrific summary of so much of our of our reality that I would definitely agree with. That's very well said. Um, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth there. That was excellent. Yeah, I really do think that what you said is is spot on. The more you look into ancient tablets and ancient writings, the more that you see that it, it, this whole idea of a of a of a kingship ruler being in charge of large amounts of people. I always thought growing up that, oh, so some family just happened to get in charge because of just random means, right? And then because of their greed of wanting their, their family name to be on um, the history books, that they just keep themselves in power. That's, how I, that's what I always thought growing up and that that's, that's how history was written, right? Just based on these random situations of some family got lucky enough to be born into a, into a life of higher status, but that's not at all of of how, what really the evidence tells us. When you really start researching it, you look into tablets like the Sumerian King List and Enmakar and the Lord of Arada, and you look into um, Eridu Genesis, all these different Mesopotamian 
stories. Um, in, for instance, I want to also bring up like Behistun inscription and looking at some of the ancient cities of Persepolis and Iran. Those locations have all of these rock reliefs and these ancient texts written into stone and clay tablets that say, uh-uh, that story is totally different than what we've been told in school. These rulers, these families that ruled over generation after generation, no, they were chosen to rule. They were chosen to rule based on their bloodline. That's where this rabbit hole really begins to open up. And I think that that really tells the story of how we got to where we are now and why there's so much division and hatred over certain individual groups, because some perceive them as being themselves as being better than others, superior to others. But where did that come from? Well, what we find where, where it came from is the earliest place we can find it is, is in the Sumerian king list. And in um, looking at other tablets like the myth of Adapa, where these certain cities were chosen to be created in certain locations by these gods, these seemingly almost supernatural beings that seem to be ruling over these civilizations and these, they call themselves the ordainers of destinies. That was one of the names of one of our first shows we did because when you look up, look into that term, you find it strewn all through these tablets, this idea of an ordainer of destiny. So, so Chris, do you think it's, any kind of a coincidence that these, I mean, these kingships back in early Mesopotamia, do you think they could have a connection to some of the same bloodlines that potentially are, are these ruling class? I uh, 100% believe that. Um, I believe that once uh, these bloodlines gained control on this planet, there was no way of um, breaking these, these bloodlines and the control that came afterward. Um, I think that it's a bloodline that is originally not from this this planet. Um, I believe that whatever these beings are, wherever they're from, that they came to this planet for whatever they needed. Uh, they were they were looking for slaves, for some say gold, some say they were harvesting other things, but whatever they were using us for. Uh, they, they were never going to lose that control over humans. There was, uh, we have the story of Enlil and Enki, and we had the story of the split amongst these brothers. Can you explain them really quick, Chris, for people who don't know who Enlil and Enki are? Well, they, based on the uh, ancient Sumerian tablets, uh, they are the two brothers, the sons of Anu, these um, celestial beings that possibly came to earth and they were looking for resources and and some and as slaves basically to help them what with whatever they needed on their planet and Enki and Enlil uh, they decided to mingle with hominid DNA to create these uh, these these beings for for their purposes and at some point there was a split in uh, a disagreement amongst these brothers one of them did love humans and and it did they wanted to put a divine spark and the other one did not and uh this did, disagreement uh here it, it caused a, a major split amongst them and it caused the the ultimately the major cataclysms that we've seen uh because of one of these rulers not loving these beings and wanting to destroy them uh but as as far as 
today. You know, they, these very powerful families, uh, you know, the royal family, uh, some of the most wealthy people in the world, but these people aren't seen, they aren't seen in the public, they aren't seen anywhere. I believe that they're behind the scenes. Uh, I don't think we may ever know who the most powerful really are on this planet. And the lineage um, of these elites goes back to these ancient gods, at least I believe they do. And I believe that they've always been steering humanity in the direction they want. Now, as far as the split between Enlil and Enki, I've always wondered if those individuals are still around, are they still pulling strings? Is one, is, is Enlil the one in control of the planet? And if so, where is Enki? And, and I wonder, if where he stands and if there will ever be an intervention or if things have ever changed um, with their mentality on humans. But that's something that we could never know um, until, it, you know, unless they make themselves known, of course. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great area to expand on. Oh, go, go ahead and Chris finish your thought there and I want to expand on that. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's basically what I was going to say. Um, as far as the um, the ones that are behind the scenes, they I believe that they're using these ancient practices of magic. I believe that magic is a very um, it's a very prevalent tool that's used amongst the elite that's been suppressed amongst um, normal society. Uh, I believe they have the very extraordinary abilities with magic to control over humanity. Not only that, but the ancient teachings that they've kept through secret societies through thousands of years. I believe that they hide this knowledge from us so they can use it to rule over us. And there are, there are levels of this that are very dark, very dark occult practices, um, very dark practices that are being used right now to, I believe, fuel other entities that are involved with these elite bloodlines. Because I don't think it's just these Anunnaki gods that are involved. There's a spiritual aspect, there's an occult aspect, and I believe that they are using very dark magical powers and forces uh, in the media, in uh, our technology. Uh, in everything that they've shaped our society into, uh, they have used these practices, but they've evolved them. Technology is a wonderful thing, and it could be a wonderful thing in the future. But the, the way they're using it right now, it is, it's not the way it should be. It, they are trying to alter humanity through some of the technology that we use today. You can see it in younger generations. You can see it through, if you look at Hollywood and the media, if you pay attention to the messages that they give the people and the culture creation that has occurred since, well, I mean, we can go back to CIA creation in the 50s, but it was always being altered to go in a certain direction. And it is very dark. It's not a natural direction. Um, I think that our planet needs to turn around and head towards the other direction.
but what are your thoughts on the the two brothers and where they fall now? And yeah, so <laughs> once again, Chris, you you make a, about a, a whole group of great points there um, that I really really agree with you. You're you're spot on. I want to touch briefly on when you mentioned about magic and dark. Um, I guess, dark magic and some of the, the, the darker occult aspects that are being practiced today. And I'm going to go back to Enki and Enlo and talk about how they got the roles that they did today in our reality. The first thing is, yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. When you look at ancient civilizations and ancient writings, all the way back into the time of Atlantis, you find out that there was this battle that seemingly that, that emerged where human beings and through the influence of the gods and the teachings that were handed down realized that there were there was the ability to create literal magic to actually have looking to enochian magic and all these different aspects of in dark magic as well magic is it there's it's not really good or bad magic it's just what you the intention of how you want to use it but at the same time i say that there is this whole side of blood sacrifice magic and if I was to really look at how that whole blood sacrifice side of it has gone down, it really it does seem to me like a very dark, very deceptive, um, really a very um, malevolent type of magic that's being used where look at um, Bohemian Grove and all these different rulers throughout history that have attended these strange skull and bones um, events like you know, why are elite schools like Yale and Harvard connected to some of these fraternity, fraternal brotherhoods that, that go all the way back to some of these secret societies? There's a lot of really strange things that went on dur during that time and still now. And if you were to look at that, like I sound totally crazy talking about this right now, until you actually go and you read and look at these pictures of these leaders at Bohemian Grove under this giant Moloch owl doing these mock blood sacrifices with almost every past president in the last, you know, 50 years at, at these events, you know, what is going on? It's, it's, it's bizarro land, really. I mean, when you start to wrap your head around that, the fact that we have these families that are, that are practicing these things today. And I think it's no coincidence that, like you said, if you look at how all this darkness is being practiced, these dark occult ways, and our world is in chaos and darkness, so much evil seems to still rule it. And yet, there are individuals out there all over the place, like you and I, that are trying to spread more of this light, trying to spread the, the, the right side of this, and bring back these teachings from the past so that people can understand that there's so much that's been lost, so much of our previous, this previous old world, where the old religion and the, the, the practicing of spirituality and, and bettering our, our world and reality seems to have been corrupted and taken over by these certain families that decided to go down this dark side, okay? Now, I want to bring up an interesting topic that connects to this to go into, and that is, if you, if you watch, I want people to wrap their heads around this, go watch a movie like Lord of the Rings, right? So many people, when they, when they go and watch a movie like that, it seems like complete fiction, complete fiction, right? Where you have these, and I want to go over how that um, Tolkien structured that because it directly feeds into what we're talking about. In Lord of the Rings, there is, there's this um, civilization of man, these tall and taller men who, in some of their bloodlines, like Aragorn, li are living for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? And then there are these hobbits, these, these other type of hominids that are smaller. 
And we look today, we find out that in places like New Zealand, there, New Zealand, there once existed these primitive, these hominids that were much, much shorter than we were, that were coexisting in certain parts of the world. And at, this, and at the same time, getting back to that, in Lord of the Rings, there's this whole battle of darkness versus light, good ver- magic versus evil magic. And, and there's the two are like battling and there's these huge empires fighting all over the world. And, and it's when you look and you read the Sumerian King List and Eridu Genesis, Myth of Adapa, all these tablets, you find out that every time one of these great cities was created, Eridu, Bad, Bad Tabira, it says it then fell later on. Eventually it fell and then, and then kingship had to be re-lowered to another city. And when you really start to wrap your heads, head around that and research and look into it, you find that our past seems to be ruled over these empires just battling back and forth. These certain regions that seem to be, have these gods that are controlling the types of social structures that are involved there. You know, what is going on? I do think that Tolkien was part of a secret society group that knew a lot about some of this ancient wisdom. And when he created that Lord of the Rings series, the books were based on, loosely based on, things like this, the Sumerian king list and ancient Mesopotamian kings and the empires that were battling in the different regions around the world that had different types of people and influences and practicing good and bad magic. That was all once a real thing. And over time, because of disasters, cataclysms that went through and certain groups wiping each other out, so much of this information and this past was, was, was gone. And I want to get back to an important point, Chris, you might remember. At the end of the first movie in Lord of the Rings, you, f- you see Frodo and Sam, they're in their, they're in their boat, their little canoe, and they're, they're riding down through this waterway. And there's these massive stone pillars. Do you remember that part at the end that are sitting up yeah. over and they, they're talking about them briefly. I think Sam is the one who mentions it, how they were these ancient kings in this great civilization that used to be there that was destroyed. It was no longer there. And the more I start really like listening to that and thinking about how it compares to the way that ancient stories were told to us in text, it's almost uncanny. How can you ignore something like that? Do you see, do you see any correlation there before we start talking about Enki and Enki again? I do 100%. And I, I 100% believe that um, a lot of these big Hollywood producers and people that are in the know in the media and that have written these brilliant all through our history, these people that have written these brilliant accounts of of what some think is fiction, but it's it's reality because they know uh, a lot of these big producers and, and directors and people and people that put out these these works, they they put them out for a reason because they they know the truth about things. Uh, they are part of a secret society. Um, Secret societies, they, they rule the world, and they have kept the, the knowledge of the, the ruling bloodlines. They kept the knowledge of the magic. They kept it to themselves. Um, and I, I really don't think the, that Freemasons and lower level, I really don't think they know anything. I think you have to be very high level to gain access to any of the truth. But it's people like you. It's researchers that go and dig into this. It's the only way we find out about any of it. And it sounds so insane. Yeah. People don't believe it and they just brush it off. And I think 
that's been manufactured as well. Uh, the the tinfoil hat aspect. If you look into this stuff, you are a fool. You're you're shunned from society. You're shunned for discovering real human history and the way that things really were. Our education system is one of the saddest things in the world to me. The yeah. things they, they teach our children, the things they teach our college students, from the time you enroll in school, they are lying to you. There's so there's nuggets of truth thrown into to our history books, but the real important stuff has been deleted and erased. Yeah. They've been erased by these, these powers in control. Because like I said earlier, they're tell terrified of our power. If we knew what they knew, we would be unstoppable. So is that why it's hidden then? Is, it, is the whole aspect because if we were to know the real truth about, you know, these great kingship bloodlines that were connected to the gods and how we're not just an evolved monkey, but we are, we're something that's like more of an ascended being that has the potential to co-create his own reality. What would our day-to-day -day lives in our, in our reality be like if people knew that? Well, I believe that is, that is the number one agenda is to keep us from realizing our power. Um, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone else, um, but I believe that we have amazing capabilities. I mean, if you look at psychic abilities, if you yeah. look at remote viewing, if you look at people that can move objects, that can start fires with energy, all these amazing abilities that they just unlock a portion of it like the x-men right exactly exactly but i believe we all have these dormant capabilities with inside us we all have the ability for some reason certain people have unlocked this ability and it, it's for many different reasons sometimes trauma causes it sometimes what a, it's a, an event in your life may trigger you to awaken or you practice it you start to learn about it and you start to awaken it yourself but it's difficult because i believe that they intentionally have made this so difficult for humans to 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 do the research and learn and find out about themselves that we have these like you said uh, x-men abilities we we have extraordinary power within our consciousness i believe that the power of our consciousness can access information about anything in in the universe um, I believe that we have the divine spark for a reason. Um, and I don't think all species in the universe have this same divine power that we do. And I think there are species that, um, that would like that and they, they, they tinker with us to, to figure out what it is. Um, I think there are plenty of visitors that are interested in our light. Um, and I also believe that there are other species that do have a divine spark. Uh, that uh, that do have consciousness, um, but that's 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 what they're terrified of. And I think that if we can uh, get this information out, if we can share it with people, and they can learn about this and learn more about these ancient magical powers, like you said, there's good and bad magic. Uh, but if we can unlock what the, the magic that they that they used to be practiced, that I can I can compare it to what I know about Atlantis, um, the 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 utopian time of Atlantis before it fell. Uh, there were amazing technologies, uh, amazing abilities that people had, 
then they 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 would do things with their mind they could they could build and create with with their consciousness uh so i believe we have these amazing extraordinary abilities that are just waiting to come out that uh they're trying this is their last ditch effort right now they're they're, they're gonna try and this stop the awakening it's happening and they'll do whatever it can and i think that we can conquer it realize who we are and build a new atlantis that that won't fall yeah staying on that concept of a movie this whole story right it's it's like we're in this great play this great movie here we are we're this the shell of aspects of a neanderthal denisovian like i believe but then well hey look modern homo sapiens sapiens we only have 46 chromosomes not 48 like the rest of the primate kingdom. Our chromosomes were tampered. Some of them were fused together. We have these 12 strands of DNA that have been unlocked seemingly. You know, what is going on? Here we have this, this being that is connected to the stars. Like you said, has the ability to connect to the Akashic records and be this co-creator of reality. But at the same time, the great trick is to hide all of these things, hide all of these hidden abilities from the past that have disappeared over time anything related to magic and these great kingship bloodlines and connecting to when the gods were once walked among us, all these aspects were, were labeled. Anyone who believes anything related to this conspiracies, anything they're automatically labeled and they're almost driven out and cast out of society. You're not, not allowed to the, the, the common masses aren't allowed to talk about these certain subjects. Whoa, whoa, whoa what do you mean? What do you mean? I didn't read that in school. You know, this is bothering me, you talking about darkness and elites controlling our world. That makes me feel very uneasy. All of these topics, it, we're not allowed to talk about them. Anything, no, no conspiracies have ever happened in history. Everything is exactly like we've been told. All of these certain things are hammered down into us. And before you know it, most people are in like this system, as you mentioned, this created illusion where everything we're taught is this conditioning to create a certain type of reality for us so that we accept it. And that movie aspect I was talking about, the connecting all this, we're like those great heroes that the great, that the trick is to keep us in this false illusion through all of the, the different paradigms that are created in, in the chaos so that we never know the truth of who we are. So we're like, we're kept in this shell of our existence. You know, where did all of this come from? And I, and I, I want to get your take on that. I want to get your take on that in a second, but I want to just bring up and discuss, you know, the framework for where this got started. And I think a connection that I haven't really brought up yet that I wanted to talk about is this connection of two different places, a story that came out of Mesopotamia and then a story that came out of ancient Egypt. Now, and then what these two stories have in common is they, they basically explain how our reality became structured the way that it is. And in that story, these ancient creation, these creator gods, Enki and Enlil, are represented by certain names throughout different dynasties and civilizations. They have different names that they carry, and they're also shown by certain symbols. Now, in the legend of Atana, he was a great king of Mesopotamia. In that story, it talks about how he was chosen to be a great ruler over the people of Kish. But in that story, it also mentions how there's a symbolic story about how there's this serpent, this, this symbol for this ancient god Enki, and there's this eagle. And the story is that the serpent has these children that, that he's co-watching uh, and, and managing with the, the eagle, his, seemingly his friend, which is his half-brother, it says in it. 
but the eagle betrays him and he corrupts the minds of these children and he banishes the, the, this, the serpent to rule in the underworld by, by basically tricking him, okay? So basically what that means is these beings take on certain roles within our reality and, and the eagle, Enlil, ends up being in control of basically mankind. He's in control of the events that go on here basically in control of our reality. Whereas Enki, his role is to maintain balance here, no matter what the cost of that balance is. And that means sometimes playing the, the bad guy because that's what happens when you are the one balancing reality. So meaning that all of the stuff that goes on in our reality and all the chaos has to be balanced somehow by these two different systems. So the good guy goes into the, into the under, underworld darkness and the, and the bad guy goes into the higher dimensions and rules over our reality. It's like totally backwards. Anyway, the connection I want to make to that that I haven't really talked about a lot is when you look into pre-dynastic ancient Egyptian stories, you find this famous story of Set or Seth and Osiris, Isis, and Horus. And in that story, these are ancient Egyptian gods who I believe the same Anunnaki gods from Mesopotamia in Egypt. Set or Seth, who is the god and ruler over chaos um, and war, his brother, his half-brother, um, Osiris, who is in charge of balance and, and the sole incarn in incarnation on our planet, balance, again, I want to really point that out, he is murdered by his brother Set murders his own brother and forces him to rule in the underworld because his son Horus and, and um, Osiris's son with Isis, who is the Egyptian name for Ninmar, Ninhursag in, in Mesopotamia, this god, this, this son, this second generation god Horus wants to overthrow Seth. And so basically what happens is Seth murders Osiris takes over control and forces, um, forces rule over Horus and like cuts out his third eye, whatever, the, you know, this famous story. But I think this entire thing is, is basically symbolic of the legend of Atana, where, whereas it's how this story was established, who was in charge of what role. And, and then once those roles were established, the rest is history. That's how things turned out the way they were because Enlil, this individual who, and you brought up a great point, Chris, early on, how some of these beings don't want this positive side of us. They feel threatened by our gifts. They feel threatened by the abilities of what we can become, just like the myth of Adapa talks about this, how mankind, because of Enki, became this, the serpent, became the superior being to them. So because of that, Enlil, Seth, take, take over our reality and rule us through chaos and war, because that's what they're the god of. Seth was the god of chaos and war. So if he was to become in charge of our reality, that's why our reality becomes structured the way they do. So, so Chris, when you look around at the state of our reality and, and the, what would happen if you took a being that was a positive being of light and you basically kept it in century after century after century of war and division and turmoil, what would that, would, would that, what would that being turn out as? What would that story be? Well, it, what I believe is they have inverted um, everything, not everything, but many, many concepts of religion and um, our experiences, our social interactions, uh, our beliefs, they've inverted good and evil in so many ways. Uh, they use it 
hugely with symbolism, like you were talking about the serpent and the eagle. Um, the eagle is revered now. We have it on flags. Uh, the eagle is our, our sign of power. The eagle is su supposed to be a good thing, noble, majestic, and it is on the American flag. Now we look at the snake. Everybody's afraid of snakes. They're, they're evil. They bite. They're harmful. The, uh, Deptin, right? the story of Adam and Eve, it was the serpent that corrupted uh, Eve and, and man. And it was the serpent's fault that we, we did this. So the snake is evil. Uh, they do this with everything and, and they're doing it more and more now. But, you know, what is good and pure um, for many things, they invert and make it seem evil and bad. And I believe that a big purpose of the Bible was for this. Uh, they have the nuggets of truth in the Bible, but there's so much inversion and manipulation. Um, I believe, you know, Enlil named himself Yahweh, made himself the God of this world to, you know, so he could invert everything and make things the way that they are now. Um, and once you start to, to really look close at everything around you and, and you, you go with your intuition and you can feel that something's not right. Uh, and that's what people are doing right now. That, um, you know, all the things that, that we were taught were bad. You have to look at again. You have to reanalyze. Um, some of them are, you know, there's plenty of truth that they put out there, but it's a limited hangout. They, they put out the disinformation at the same time to keep us where we are. And I think that is one of the techniques, one of the hugest techniques that been, that has been used to, uh, to keep that power is the inversion of good and evil, the inversion of right and wrong and everything that we should be doing with our lives. It's just another way of manipulation and steering us in a desired direction. So, okay, so based on going along with what we're saying, if, if that's the viewpoints of certain individuals like Enlil and Ninurta and Nergal and these other negative individuals, then you, you would naturally be threatened by the progression of the humanity, right? Let's, for instance, the lost civilizations, Atlantis connecting all around the world to places in Mesopotamia and Baalbek, Lebanon, Easter Island, and the ancient pre-Inca, um, uh, um, looking right through the, the, the Amaru Muru and the serpent gods of the Americas, like Kukukan and Quetzalcoatl, Tiki Viracocha, all of these different influences over time are from these ancient lost civilizations that seem to have achieved um, a great standing in their reality, building these incredible structures having like pyramids and walls that have like these um, connection to the electromagnetic spectrum and this sound frequency um, balancer. All of that was seemingly because we rose to a certain degree where we become, we became superior and powerful and understood magic. Like you said, Atlantis, how the two sides were battling back and forth. So going along with that, if humanity was to reach such a high state where they become like gods, then the natural, um, the natural solution would be to set them back to the beginning, right? To reset them again. And that's where I want this to go is I want to talk about cataclysms and how you could essentially, if you didn't like how far progressed a certain conscious sentient being could, could become, you could just reset them, couldn't you? Let me get your thoughts on that. Well, yes, um, I'm glad you brought that up. 
as far as resetting humanity 100%, I believe that if you're in control and this is some sort of experiment for you that you feel has gone wrong um, and you're, you're a malevolent leader and you don't care about the lives of these, you're going to want to start it over uh, like a little land farm or something. So I think that the ancient cataclysms, many of the ancient cataclysms of the past have been intentional so they can so they can clean up um as far as the way they did it, it I, i've heard theories of they can use asteroids to to destroy planets they have the power over these these asteroids they've had they it may have been an ancient nuclear weapon uh whatever method they use they do have the power to do this um and you know it, it's one of the things that we could be at a period of time where we could see a cataclysm within our lifetime. There are things going on on the planet aside from the uh, what we have been talking about, natural things uh, associated with where in the cosmos we are, where, where our planet is headed, the galactic energy, other planetary bodies that may be around. It's our portion of space right now is causing changes on our Earth. Uh, that I don't think I don't think that they can control. I think there there are also natural cataclysms that occur. They're cyclical. They occur every however many thousands of years, and it has to do with cosmic forces that that, that we can't control. Parts of space that uh, the Earth has to go through that it will experience very uh, turmoil times. I don't think it's it will be an extinction level cataclysm, although I couldn't tell you for sure, but um, I believe that there are periods where we have magnetic reversals, um, periods of extreme volcanic and earthquake activity that unfortunately takes a lot of life on this planet, but we, we come back from it. We, uh, many survive and many repopulate the planet, but I believe this happens, uh, these cataclysms happen no matter what. Some of them, I believe, have been intentionally caused. Um, but as for what's happening right now with our planet, I believe a lot of that is because we are headed towards the time of another natural cataclysm. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to scare anybody. It may or may not happen within our lifetime. I just know the planet is experiencing these birth pain type effects right now because I believe we are in an area of space that is going to cause a lot of trauma for our planet. Uh, and, I, and the sun has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. The sun's connection to this energy and the way the, the sun affects our planet. Uh, we, are, we are in the middle of a magnetic reversal right now. They actually mentioned it for a few days last year on the news that uh, magnetic north is rapidly moving, moving towards Siberia. And at some point, at some point it will reverse. Uh, we we don't know the what the effects of that will be completely. We have scientists that uh, that have theorized and then based on evidence of the past, what may happen if we see a magnetic reversal. I mean, we could be sent back to 1800s or earlier Stone as far as te technology. Yeah, I mean, we could lose all technology if we experience a magnetic reversal, which. Is, is going to be, a, it would be a cataclysm for humans because, you know, it's something we've never experienced and it, we wouldn't be able to come back easily from that. But other than that, um, I, I believe that uh, there are natural and unnatural cataclysms.
Yeah, I, I agree. Well said. Um, the more I look at it, the more it seems like it's a cyclical thing. Every seems like every 12,000 years, our sun goes through a solar maximum, solar minimum, solar minimum, solar maximum um, reversal. And when that occurs, it seems like it causes di different levels of chaos on our planet because the fact that everything is based on these electromagnetic connections and the poles are wobbling is basically in response to that. And I do think that that is the purpose of what we think, what we call in our community chemtrails, is I think that they know that we're in the middle of one of these, like you mentioned, potentially magnetic reversals. And that's why you, one of your topics on your channel early on especially was just looking at all the volcanoes going off around the world, all the earthquakes, all the things that have just really just woken up over the last 10, 15 years or so and how we're in this state of what looks like a repeating these events of the past. But maybe when we try to look at this, it's not really about the fact that these events are the same every time. I mean, when we look at 12,000 years ago, we were in an ice age on our earth and we had the entire Northern hemisphere had places where there was two miles of ice that were in, in depth. And today, the ice caps are, are much, much smaller because we're in basically the, uh, the opposite of an ice age where ice is, is confined only to the very northern areas and in some mountain glaciers. But meaning, if you did have a, a cataclysm that was going to happen where that was going to rapidly melt, we just simply don't have some of those circumstances in place that I believe led to destroying some of these lost civilizations in the past, such as Atlantis. But at the same time, if even if they are natural events, it doesn't mean that some of these natural events can't be intensified, can't be done in a certain way where they have the maximum amount of impact on our planet. I can imagine that if you could uh, point or somehow make it so that a solar flare could go off in the exact direction of Earth. When we look at the ancient lost civilizations, places like Pumapunku and Tiwanaku, and right up, right through the Egyptian civilizations, um, look at Colossi of, Colossi of Memnon in, in Egypt. And what you find is um, all around the world, these what we, when we determine our lost civilizations, these precision massive stone built, um, blocks that have been built, there's vitrification or melting and scarring on one side of these monuments or these walls this certain direction that was facing a direction often west has north or west has this vitrification melting like this extreme solar outburst blasted the planet in this certain spot and wiped away everything anything on the surface and destroyed and melted a lot of these different structures just imagine the energy that would have been possible to do something like that and how you could essentially create a complete reset of a global civilization and basically start over again. Because why would you want to start over again? Because then you could create whatever system you wanted in place of that to then control the people. And I think that's exactly what happened to our human story. Like that epic movie, looking back at our story, our entire progress was basically wiped out, I think intentionally to start over again. And then we became extremely corrupt and controlled through even more malevolent means than we were before. I think religion was corrupted and we, we went from a spiritual being to being this warlike controlled being on a completely different aspect. Um, so Chris, along with that, I wanted to read a short section from the Andrahasis that explains that. And then I wanted to get your take on it. 
Um, and then we'll basically go into talking about this time we're in now and we'll sort of conclude and, and get into some end, end discussion here. But sounds good. some of the proof behind talking about how this reset was intentional and maybe it was part of a natural cycle that was intensified to have a certain desired outcome. Tablet two of the atrahasis, and this is, avail this is page 124 of the Stage of Time, for those who have it, and it's also on my website, thestageoftime.com, these, these readings. But what it states is basically, it has a summary of this council of 12, these individual of Anunnaki gods who decide that they re reluctantly would agree with Enlil, their, who's, in the, who's basically the head and command of everyone, to wipe out this experiment to start over again, this ant nest, like you said, Chris. And everyone agrees to not tell anyone. And of course, the story goes that Enki told his son Atrahasis, which is what the tablet is named after, because he's part of his bloodline, so that he, he can continue and extend and live on this certain type of human that has this um, superior knowledge and connection back to these ancient gods he saved. But where the story goes before that is what I want to get into now because it explains these cataclysms and, and what I believe was one of the sequence of events that led to the destruction of Atlantis as well. And it states, 600 years passed, less than 600 passed. The country became too wide, the people too numerous. Enlil grew restless at their racket, listening to their noise, language, and progression. He addressed the great gods, the noise of mankind has become too much. I am losing sleep over their racket. Give the order that Sarupu disease shall break out. Cut off the supplies to the food supplies to the people. Let the vegetation be too scant for their hunger. So even before this point, they create certain climate environments that, that are inhospitable to us to try to wipe us off, right? Interesting, it's Sarupu disease, right? Create some kind of a disease that can wipe us out, but it doesn't work. Then it says, when the sixth year arrived, only one or two households were left. The people's looks were changed by starvation. Their faces were covered in scabs like malt. Enlil became furious and fetched Enki. We, the great Anuna, all of us, agreed together on a plan. Anu and Adad were to guard above. I, Enlil, was to guard the earth below. Where you went, Enki, you were to undo the chain and set us free. You were in charge of control and holding the balance. There's that balance thing. But instead you gave wisdom and knowledge to the people. Your creations have become too numerous and despoiled the earth. You imposed your loads on man. You bestowed noise on mankind. You slaughtered a God together with his intelligence to create mankind. Let us make far-sighted Enki swear an oath to the end to create a flood on earth to wipe away all of life. Enki spoke to his brother gods. Why should you make me swear an oath? Why should I use my power against the people? That is Enlil's kind of work. And then it goes on in, in tablet number three, which you can, I encourage you to go read, which is talking about the story of how Atrahasis was warned it had to create a great craft to survive this event. Now that story in, in many ways is echoed from the Indus Valley civilizations all the way to the Americas in, in crossing the entire world. This, this aspect of, a great flood, a cataclysm that was to act as a reset to wipe us out and then everything changed afterwards. Chris, what is your take on that? And do you see any connections to what we were talking about with them assuming certain roles in our reality and having to make certain decisions? 
Uh, yes, I 100% agree with you. Um, I think it aligns with uh, the sto story of Noah and the flood um, that they 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 intentionally wiped us out. They they used uh, some sort of device. I believe it could have been a genetic storage. Um, device or spaceship or whatever to uh to store some of what they want to keep of humanity and just eliminate the rest and i think you were spot on uh with you what you were reading right now and what's going on now um i think that it it, it may be another attempt to uh to we were getting too big for our britches um, we see some of the, the same things happening that have happened throughout these ancient cataclysms that go along with the time period when they wanted to get rid of humans. Um, but it's, it starts it, I, over again, right? It starts over. It, it, and I think that this time we have entered uh, is, is a time where they have started to, to do this process. But what, I, what I'm wondering is... If there is, you know, you were telling me earlier how Enki is in the underworld, um, and we know that there are different factions on the planet. There are some good factions, I believe. Like secret now, societies? I, I do, yes. Um, I, I believe that there, there are some secret societies that are um, against the dark side of this, that, that are trying to help humanity but I don't know how, and I, I wouldn't have access to any information. And I, I'm still not even 100% sure that they are there. I'm still not 100% sure that there are good factions, but I, 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 be, I believe that there may. I believe it's a possibility. Now, that being said, if there are powerful good forces that are on this planet that are, that are associated with Enki, or some other benevolent forces that want to help humanity. Uh, I'm just wondering if they have any sway over humans, if they can even do anything to interfere in human affairs to help us through this, or if they are just gonna sit back and let it occur, or if, it's, if they consider it uh, just part of the way things need to to roll out. Um, if I, I wonder if there is still a disagreement. I wonder if there is going to be an inter intervention at any point, and if the possibility of these um, these good, if there is any good factions here, kind of uh, coming through and making themselves known and helping us at all. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that, that if there is any of these leftovers from the benevolent bloodlines that are still on this planet and may, may help us. Yeah, it, it seems to me there, there always has to be a balance. And I think that that seesaw goes up and down throughout history. And I think at one time, those benevolent secret societies used to rule much of our world and it was a i think that's why it was called the golden age is because human civilization reached a great a, a great set of heights that you know we've fallen from from greatly we've become so unbalanced now compared to the past that we pollute and destroy our world and we exist in a game-like state of reality where we we care very little about our natural world around us and our spiritual progression it's more about 
you know, perpetuating violence and keeping chaos and war going and empire building and greed. And we still, we exist in that state of state because I think that those who are in charge of this reality and, and us as mankind being free will, those who also became in, in control in terms of elite families and bloodlines, they were um, corrupted, I think, in, in a great way. And I think that's why we became ruled by so much darkness here. And it's, it's that seesaw effect that maybe at the end of each cycle, you know, we're going into this age of Aquarius. We're just going through, we're in this time period where we're going to get through what could have been a reset. You know, there's, there's, you think they're going to spend millions of dollars spraying these uh, aluminum-based um, reflective particles into the air and then convince people that they're all fake if there wasn't a, really a reason why they had to do it. I think that they there's interest in many, many places. And I don't think it just falls into one group or one, or another, but I think there's great interest all around with, yes, this, this reset, is, reset is gonna be avoided in terms of us being wiped out. There's a new model that's gonna try to be established here, but I think there's, there was definitely a consensus made where this time we're in, this age of humanity would either destroy itself or reach the next great set of highs that we're hopefully going to going to get to in our lives, which is we eventually, like the Mayans said, we eventually, um, the fifth prophecy of the Maya states that we eventually realize that fear is this tool that's controlling us. War and fear and money are all these tools that are controlling us. And we'll, we'll actually see the truth behind it and revert back to our old ways. And I, I think that we're in, we're in the middle of that now. I mean, the reason I say that I don't think that these cataclysms are going to wipe us out right now is because there's so much technology that seems to be in place. You know, what is going on in the North and South Pole? What is going on with Antarctica? Why all these presidents like visiting Antarctica and walking around? Why would they spend all that money to go down there? Unless there's, some, there's other things going on. If you were a global civilization of elites that had technology that has potentially never been here or is in a different type of technology than was before, would, wouldn't you be in, be in your best interest too to keep this system going that's keeping you in power and wealthy? You, would, you wouldn't want to destroy the system that's feeding you. So I think that that is what technology is coming into play with right now is I think that we're in that cycle right now of change and they're trying to keep this going so that people don't notice all the stuff going on and start asking questions, get convinced in all these phenomena around us aren't real just so that we perpetuate that all these things that are going on are not something we need to pay attention to. But I think we're in this, this state of great change right now. And this is that window, that little window that we have where individuals like you and I, yeah, we might be being shadow banned and our information is being said that it's all deceptive and it's being hidden and pushed away. That's not really working any longer. Despite all these attempts are being made, we're still getting out and reaching so many people that are hungry for this information, that are seeing reality in a different way that they've never seen before. And so, Chris, I just want to close out and get some of your end thoughts here uh, before we say goodbye. But I want to just state uh, as, as we're going into this that, you know, the Forbidden Knowledge NewsCon that you're going to be hosting, to me, this is just one of those means where we can further this um, this different time period of awakening, this paradigm shift of reality where we can get this information to get individuals thinking in a different way. Because like you said, we are, we are these powerful individuals that are 
so much greater than we've been made to believe. And we are co-creators of our reality. And because of free will, it's all about conditioning us to exist in a reality that we allow ourselves to be in. Yes, very well said. Um, yeah, I, I guess I could end on, on saying that um, I think that it's up to each individual person to uh, to to go in the direction that we need to go. Um, I think that it all starts with your own life. Um, I think that you have to um, make sure that you're in a good state before you can even help anyone else. Um, and you need to be open-minded. Um, if you if you think that something's wrong, you should look into it. Um, I encourage everyone to. Right now, if you feel like you, you want to find information, I encourage everyone to, to, in, to embrace it and look at the information as much as you can. Go down every rabbit hole that you can and learn. Learn not only about what's going on, but learn about yourself. Um, keep yourself healthy. There's going to be probably trying times. Make yourself a better person so you can deal with whatever it is to come. Um, I think that. What will have whatever's going to happen? I, I think we're headed for a great future, but I do believe it will be trying, and I think we need to prepare as a society. Um, you know, I believe that there's there's so much more that I could do as a person to help with anything that's going on, but communicating and letting people know about what's happening so they can do their own research so they can look at it for themselves is the most important part don't ever listen to what i say just go look at yourself and confirm it for yourself um, always do your own research be the best person you can be because i, I think that uh, the power of of love and respect and these good forces are the most powerful thing that ever could exist on this planet. And a lot of these elites fear that. Um, and we need to start working together. The, the division is one of the main problems right now. It's, 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 it's been intentionally put there. Uh, we need to really look at, you know, not what's happening, not what's going on, not what they're telling us is going on. Turn off your TV. Stop watching the news, please. Please don't watch the news. The news is awful. You gotta, you gotta look beyond the news. You gotta look beyond what these leaders are telling you is going on, because there's a lot going on that is much more important than what they are telling you. Um, the the hidden world is is the it's more important than anything you could see on the nightly news. Uh, the hidden world of yourself and what exists just beyond the veil is is what our life is about. Is understanding who we are and what that is beyond the veil, and what is happening right now uh, is that they don't want us to discover it, but we will. Uh, I, they, no, I believe that no matter what they do, no matter what kind of screwed up news or movie or disinformation they're putting out there everyone will eventually see through it um i think we will come together uh because i'm seeing people that i never thought would think the, the things they're they're thinking and talking to me about the things they're saying right now i had somebody blow my mind the other day because i would have never thought they would 
be questioning what's going on, questioning the narrative right now. And it shocked me that they, they, they wanted to find out more and they were curious and they didn't trust the system anymore. They said they stopped watching the news and that was like their thing. So it's very encouraging, very encouraging what I see everybody doing right now. Um, I see people standing up to corrupt media in Hollywood. I see people wanting to question the system, get out of the streets, get out of their homes, question what is going on, uh, question the messages that we hear from these celebrities, uh, these, these people that they put in front of us to, to steer us in that direction, that, that they pedestal up as gods, that they want us to admire, and they're actually leading us in the wrong direction, and they are terrible people. And we can't listen to these false idols. We have to listen to ourselves more. Uh, we have to get in touch with our own source, our own consciousness. And I do believe that there are factions that are helping on this planet. I, I do believe that there are good forces, but I also know we can't rely on them. We have to rely on ourselves. We make ourselves better. It spreads. Uh, it's contagious. The knowledge is contagious. Uh, love is contagious. The ability to to find out about this information and make changes it, it, it's going to happen. And I think that it's it's on a course to where you can't stop it. And we're going to see uh, we're going to see a better world within our lifetime. Wow! Really very well said. So very well uh, said, Chris. I I think that you. those are great words of wisdom. And I appreciate you sitting down to have this great discussion with me today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, once again, please check out um, Forbidden Knowledge News. Chris does a great job with all of the podcasts and Facebook and YouTube channel stuff. So I encourage everyone to check out his stuff. Don't forget Forbidden Knowledge News Conference at the end of this month. And I just want to close out by saying I really appreciate everyone's support on this podcast and, and, and this, the work that I do, it's, it's, it's what keeps me going to get so many of the amazing messages and all of the people that say that this information helped them or even just the little baby steps of seeing reality and ancient history and life in just a little bit of a different way than you did before. Um, please check out my website at thestageoftime.com and I, my YouTube channel at Matthew LaCroix. So, Thank you so much, Chris. Um, have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Matt. That was a wonderful conversation. Looking forward to the next one, and I can't wait to see your presentation at the conference. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye, everyone.